Hello and welcome to this special podcast episode brought to you by the Treasury Today Group. I'm Meg Coates, Joint Publisher and Head of Operations. This episode explores some of the highlights from our recent Women in Treasury APAC Forum, which took place in June this year. Joining us on the day were Stephen Hogan, Vice President, Regional Treasury at Deutsche Post DHL. I have sons and it's important that, you know, that you educate your sons right from the very first beginning to be about gender equality. Deborah Ho, Country Head of Singapore and Regional Head of Southeast Asia at BlackRock. More importantly, to make our people resilient because the amount, you know, of, I would say, emotional burden and mental issues you know, that we're witnessing around the world today as a result of COVID it has really skyrocketed. Rebecca Wong, Head of Singapore Wholesale Payments and Head of APAC Market Management and Strategic Execution for Wholesale Payments at JP Morgan. The wise thing to do may not be to solve you know, for the lowest cost you know, in terms of things like supply chains, but we have to solve you know, for what's right for the environment, for resilience, and really, you know, to operate in a world, you know, where we can sustain for a longer period of time. Because, you know, solving for low cost, you know, has really not helped us, you know, especially dealing with this pandemic. And Trisha Ho-Hudson, Group Treasurer at the Woolworths Group. Diversity is about the diversity of thought which helps to identify and find solutions to issues. Diversity of thought comes from people contributing different perspectives based on their knowledge, and most importantly, their experiences whether that be professional, personal, or values-driven. Over the course of the day, we had a lively discussion, live polling with our audience, and an interactive QA session. Here's just a sneak peek at some of the highlights from the day. Stephen, I want to come back to you now. You mentioned there the moves that you made, so one to Brussels, to Singapore with a week's notice. And one of the things that we like to talk about as part of career development is, um, excuse me, understanding what it means to move locations with your role. So tell us a little bit about what that move was like, what it taught you, and what some of the challenges that that move posed for you, or, or moves, I should say, rather. Yeah, I mean, it was... Uh exciting but also worrying at the time I suppose you know because I have a very uh, big family in London and nieces and nephews and my parents and and, and uh, sisters but uh, yeah um, so it was uh, suddenly you were moving to another country but I think moving to Brussels was kind of quite slightly easier because that's where the the the, the homesickness kicks in but then you quickly realize to yourself when at homesickness, I could act, I had a car, I could drive through the Channel Tunnel well, on a train uh, and get back to London within quicker than actually going by a plane. But I could also get a flight back to London. So you you you, you get homesickness. And that's probably the biggest challenge because that has a challenge also on, on your work. Uh, um, you, you know, nobody in a city. It's a city that seems to be, you know, Belgium is also the Flemish side, but also the French side. So which language do you learn uh, to survive in Brussels, which is an international city in a way? Um, so you had all of that, but then you realise people can come and visit you because you're not that far from London. You can go back to London very easily. So I kind of got over that whole concept of homesickness there. When I came to Singapore, then it was not even an issue because now really you just think to yourself, actually, it's only 14 hours in a plane. And 14 hours isn't really, 14 hours is a couple of movies and a few drinks on the plane, right? 
So, and then I had people, you know, and of course now you're you're in more attractive locations and so people will come <laughs> visit you. So, yeah, you have the challenge, I think, of um, there's that bit, which is the, the the whole thing of getting to know people, building new relationships, etc. I think that's a big challenge. But at the same time, it creates a lot of opportunities. Um, and one of the things was, as you say, I was asked to go out and I had a new boss who just said, go out and do these projects. And then you arrive and whilst DHL has a very good structure in terms of HR would help you get a house and help you uh, sort out where you would be living and people would say, okay, this person can help you with your flights, etc." The reality is then you're just left on your own. So it taught you a great, um, a lot of that independence and basically starting up the RTC from scratch because I had a boss in Germany who, if you spoke to him on the phone, his first thing is there's something wrong. When he when you went to see him, he would sit with you and have, you know, um, sit down with you and have dinner with you and always talk to you. But his issue was if there's nothing wrong, you don't really need to be calling me, which basically said everything was you were left to your own devices to basically look after these 41 countries, um, you know, where you had uh, uh, treasury issues, risk management issues. Of course, the business is very happy to see you. So you then get that bit that actually your local colleagues are very appreciative of having someone here. So I think it, what it taught me was that you should take risks. Um, I would always say to if people, if you've got that opportunity to move, you take risks. It teaches you a lot about the world because you may have a singular view of Asia. And the reality is Asia is far more than just one single view. I remember once I had one of the first trips I made, I made a terrible mistake. It was in November. I packed for Bangkok. I packed for Hong Kong. I packed for Manila. But I forgot I was going to Seoul in the middle of winter. And so I made this terrible thing that I was actually packed for hot weather because you have a perception. And so I think it's a great opportunity to travel is to meet new cultures, new people. I think you're absolutely correct. It's such a humbling experience to be somewhere where you're out of your comfort zone, where you're learning and where you're having to build a life from scratch. And I think perhaps conversely, being in Brussels, would, even though it seems easier and you're closer to home, it's so much easier not to build a new life, right? Because you can always just take that flight home or visit back. But yeah. I think moving to the other side of the world and experiencing something so dramatically different and really building your whole life, it really... It makes you understand the difficulties of other people who are coming into your teams who might be from other countries or understanding people with different backgrounds, I think, absolutely for sure. I think it really plays into um, having a more inclusive mindset because you've been that person who's not quite sure what's going on and um, is struggling to learn with each of the countries in Asia. I mean, I think Asia specifically is quite a challenging region because every country has got its own norms and its own cultures and is vastly different. Whereas, you know, if we're looking at Europe, it's... It, there's a there's a lot of cultural commonalities right I mean obviously the pandemic has affected all of us but one of the things that we want to talk about today is the issue of gender equality where we're progressing where we're not and what the impact of this may have been um, I know there's been a lot of worrying reports about the effect that this is having on women but I think if we're thinking about our industry um, Deborah, I want to come to you do you think things are getting better in terms of gender equality um, and across the board in terms of better representation and better inclusion yeah so I think that, um, I mean, your comments at the start of this uh, session, um, where you said that, you know, women uh, uh, bore the brunt, you know, or basically bore the brunt of this pandemic, especially working women. Um, I mean, we've actually seen that come through, right? I mean, whether it was through various studies, I mean, like I picked up one that um, Deloitte did 
um, recently, or women in nine countries or something. And basically, said, they said that um, 70% or seven out of uh, 10 women, you know, that they surveyed, surveyed um, experienced negative shifts, you know, in their, in, their, in their routine because of COVID and felt that they suffered in terms of their career progression as a result of it. Um, I mean, these are hard numbers. Um, these numbers are also in, echoed in, in various parts of the world, the developing world, um, as well as the emerging world. Um, and I mean, if you've you know, read you know, any of the uh, recent you know, McKinsey studies, um, I mean, where they ask, you know, so what is it that we can do about it? Because all this has really set us back. You know, in fact, I think people were uh, citing, I think it's at World, the WEF, Global uh, Gender Gap Studies, basically said that we've set back one whole generation you know, in terms of women's equality as a result of COVID. I mean, that really is not trivial. Okay, because for us to even eke out you know, one generation, it really takes a lot. And so I can tell you that when I saw these articles and read them, uh, I would say towards the end of last year, I was really gutted, you know, but, but that's the truth, right? Because I think that if you look at um, instances of unpaid labor, I mean, the women end up doing much more of the, of, of the unpaid labor than men, you know, in many parts of the world, um, you know, so I have to say, though, that we can still do something about it. You know, I, I don't think that, you know, all is lost. Um, but there are a few things that, you know, I think that, you know, companies need to, take care, need to take care of. And it also means, you know, we need to listen, you know, to our women. Because the women who have to take care of young children, you know, have different needs, you know, than the women, you know, who have either grown-up children, you know, like me, um, or, or women who don't have to worry about childcare, but perhaps, you know, need to, to worry about, you know, caring for, for, for parents. So in a way, um, it's not going to be easy because it's not like a one-size-fits-all you know, kind of solution. But um, I think in general, I mean, women throughout all this, we still want to be compensated fairly. We still want to be promoted. Okay, and of course, you know, with uh, many companies, FaceTime is important. And if you don't have a lot of time in the office um, to make yourself visible, or you happen to be in a far-flung office, you know, away from the head office, you know, where a lot of the decisions are made, um, then that's also difficult. The second thing is, you know, to be aware that, um, you know, flexible working options are good for both men and women. I mean, if you look at um, the results, you know, the bank results, um, all of, I mean, all over the world, you know, particularly in the developed world, and even results in asset management companies, I mean, such as BlackRock, right? I mean, you know that actually we haven't done that badly. You know, and with with many of our uh, or rather a great proportion of our workforce, you know, away from the office, you know. But what does it mean for the future? It means that I think we have to really uh, take stock um, and learn, you know, from this pandemic and even previous crises that we've gone through, because you know, trying to go back, you know, to the world before COVID, you know, I think that it would have been a wasted opportunity not to learn from this. 
Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct there. I mean, I'd like to take this chance as well to say thank you to you, both yourselves and to JP Morgan, to BlackRock and JP Morgan for supporting us still with this. I mean, we've been able to continue to deliver Women in Treasury events over the course of the last 18 months because of the sponsors that have allowed us to do that. Um, and we're very grateful. But I also want to thank the community for staying joined up. I think one of the things that's been critical is keeping attention on these issues. It's so important that we don't drop the ball, that we don't stop talking about these issues. Um, so that's one thing that I found heartening against the backdrop of these reports that we all very concerned by is to see that the conversation is not going away and also we're aware now that there is a cultural revolution that needs to happen in the home and like that is a real pressure on this there's only so much that companies can do and I think that we are now starting at least to have a conversation about the kind of cultural and social shifts that are going to happen if we really want to see women being able to occupy that place in the workforce so thank you so much for that I also think it's important to know that we've not all been operating in a vacuum there's been lots of other things going on over the the course of the last 18 months that I'm sure have also added a burden on people's mental health and on their well-being in general. Um, Rebecca, I want to come and talk to you a little bit about some of those things that have been happening. So we've had a lot of global disruption. There's been xenophobic attacks in the West towards Asian people. Um, there's been a lot of events going on, things like Black Lives Matter movement that's had real impact, um, particularly in the West. Um, how are some of these events across the world, do you think, how are they resonating in APAC? Sure. Um, This is a very tough question, Sophie. I think particularly given the fact that um, I'm speaking, right, locating in Singapore, where I think generally people think that Singapore is peaceful, is cocoon, is multicultural. But I I do not think that what's happening in the West is a a problem in the West. I think that it is not someone else's problem. We are all accountable for it. Uh, If we look at the society that we're in now, the generation that we're in now, we're very, very interconnected, whether we like it or not. We're not talking about 1900s, right, where people are kind of just very bound to their own location. Business is interconnected. People are interconnected. So what's happening in the West? Uh, We could have family there, right? We could have children who are studying there. It it totally matters to us. And what I have seen uh, very clearly in my firm at least that we have done um, the firm makes a very deliberate uh, choice in addressing these issues, right? What's happening there? Um, we have executive forums that tackle, address these issues. Um, and on the business side, uh, we, we also want to support the underserved communities, um, the black communities, and particularly in Detroit, Chicago, etc. And the best thing is, even though I'm sitting in APAC, I don't feel like these are topics alien to me. That's because I think that uh, as a firm, we are very committed to a culture of inclusion and respect. And very much so, if we look at um, historically, a lot of the innovation (laughs) is not coming from just one race or one country, isn't it? It's so diverse. So it goes to show as as a human race, uh, we need to embrace inclusion and diversity. It's only in inclusion and diversity that we can thrive. And um, a company that, in, that in really embraces this will be able to work better in all aspects, whether it's in people collaboration or in sparking innovation. And I do think that whatever that we do now will have a lot of generation impact down the line. As Tricia was unable to join the live event, she wanted to share some of her thoughts with us all. Treasury is a profession which is capable of seeing more women leaders. 
the mix of technical skills and interpersonal skills is right up women's alleys. Women in Treasury helps to emphasise this as a professional option and to create a supportive network amongst female and male colleagues. For a number of years now, I've found that the greatest supporters of a Treasurer are the Chairs and Directors of the Board. They recognise the important role that Treasury plays in ensuring the strength of the balance sheet. They recognise this not just when there's a liquidity crisis created by COVID, but in our everyday activities. And they thank us when we do a good job. We were also lucky enough to be supported on the day by BNP Pariba. We took some time with Sophia Hamucha, Managing Director, Head of Transaction Banking, Southeast Asia, to give us her thoughts on the topics discussed. I think from my perspective, there are three key angles that I would like to discuss. Uh, the first one is obviously around policies and how policies uh, would enable more flexible working environment for women so they can really adapt to other responsibilities. And that's really key because it will show that the way we measure productivity even more now is not linked at all to the number of hours that we have to spend in an office. So we can really kind of marry both our private responsibilities and family responsibilities with the work that we have to do. And I think with the pandemic that has shown quite a lot with the working environment, the hybrid working environment that we've been experiencing. The second thing really is promoting female role models. And I say that specifically for the mentoring part because we've been promoting a lot in the industry mentoring programs for women so they can access leadership roles, but those mentors don't have to be men. So I'm, I'm much more an advocate for having females uh, leaders mentoring women into senior positions because that shows that it's possible and it also shows way of doing it that are the woman way with all our skills and our uh, values, which are multitasking and our specific sensitivities and approach to problem solving and people engagement and management, which are of really high value to the organization. And lastly, I would say that we need to start a young age and really demystifying the finance role for women and for young girls. So teach them tech and teach them finance and, and tech in finance and financial literacy. And the fact that it's not really reserved to only men to be able to get promoted and have senior positions and having really uh, fulfilled career in the financial industry. Thank you to our panelists, Deborah, Stephen, Trisha and Rebecca for being part of the conversation. And thank you to our sponsors, BlackRock and JP Morgan, and our supporters, ACTS and BNP Pariba. And finally, a big thank you to all of you for joining us on the day. Thank you for listening. To hear more of our podcast episodes and to discover all of our other audio content, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.